welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of the Pixelated Sausage Show. Hi, 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 hi. I am, of course, your host, Marcus Nez. How y'all doing? Hope everyone is doing well as well as one can be. I will try and be my usual perky self, which is to say not perky at all, but I've been having some breathing chest issues that come and go in their severity these past few days. Currently, on the, on the, on the worser side, it tends to be especially bad whenever I wake up from a nap. And you know what I just did? I just napped because I've been in a very nappy mood. Hmm. I don't know. I don't like the way that sounds. But that is that is that. Anywho, I am here to talk about some games. Of course, we've got Diablo 4, which I've played a fair amount of. I am probably about after deciding to brute force the main campaign. And by main campaign, I mean the campaign, avoiding side missions and events and any kind of non-main quest storyline content for reasons I'll get to when I talk about the game. But I am probably about halfway through Act 3 at this point. And I'm really, really enjoying it. But we'll get to that when I get to that. But in addition, in addition, in addition, in addition to Diablo 4... I've got some Far World Pioneers, Drift CE, which is how I am assuming you pronounce it. It's all one word, all caps, Drift CE, but maybe it's supposed to be pronounced Drift CE, Drift Say, Drift Dress, Drift and in addition to those two games that I just mentioned, in addition to the third game that was the first one, which was Diablo 4. I've also got some Nocturnal to talk about. Before I get to all that, I want to talk a little bit about stuff in general, the site, and this here podcast, moving forward, how it will be structurally, or or what kind of content you can expect on it. I think I'm going to stop talking about movies, TV shows, etc. on this show, period. Because... One, it'll make it not not easier to do this show, but it should keep the episodes more tightly paced, not as long. And that's good. <laughs> but also, more so than that, as of late, I'm sure you've noticed, whenever I'm talking about something, uh, movie or TV show related, it's usually in very, very generalities, not super specific, not going into detail about anything, just giving you a base opinion about how I feel about something currently. I'll I'll say, oh yeah, I'm watching some news radio, really liking it so far. Yay, great commentary, very helpful. Whoop-de-doo. On that note though, news radio season four fucking sucks. I do not like it. It is not getting better. I'm about 15 episodes in. Congratulations on the last time you'll ever hear me talk about it. But uh, on that same note, I don't watch nearly 
enough, and I don't watch a lot of new stuff. So the value of hearing me talk about Supernatural for week upon week upon week upon week, which is what it would become at this point because I've decided to just brute force Supernatural. And I'll get to, to why in a, in a second. I don't, I don't think that part of the podcast has been all that enjoyable or good quality-wise for a while now. I think I hit my peak maybe with Star Trek. Maybe. But even then, that was probably just, all right, we get it. You're watching a lot of Star Trek. Shut the fuck up about it already. But I think why or why I've decided to brute force supernatural is because when I am watching something while preparing my oatmeal and exercising and then eating my oatmeal after that, I am unable because I'm playing Gems of War while eating my oatmeal and then also watching whatever I'm watching. I'm unable to give whatever I'm watching my full attention. And if it is a dialogue-centric show, if it's very dialogue-heavy and not super visual, that's something I can still enjoy to a rather full extent. But, and like what I decided to do a rewatch of, the Fast movies, when something is much more visual... And the fast movies are very visual. It's all about the spectacle. Consuming them in that way is about the worst way to consume them. Because as I was watching Fast and Furious, the fourth one, and then started Fast Five, I realized I had not been paying that much attention. But even then, I could tell that fucking Fast Four was the most boring, worst movie in the franchise. But I realized I was not getting the best parts of the Fast movies the way I was watching them then. I was getting the dialogue, which is the worst part of those movies. The dialogue is fucking awful. And if I'm not getting the spectacle and I'm just getting the dialogue... I'm just getting my, I'm giving myself the worst parts of the Fast movies. That's not good. Who wants that? And while Supernatural has its visual aspects, it is also a very it's just TV shows if the story isn't all that special, it's kind of whatever then whatever, who cares? And Supernatural is just kind of that It has become more of a serialized show now, as opposed to the Monster of the Week it was in the first season, and maybe in the second season it might have already transitioned to the more serialized nature too. Really focus on this overarching story of Dean and Sam and their father and all of that, and... Now we got angels coming into play in Apocalypse, which I did not realize happened this early in the series. I'm in uh, season four now. I just started season four. 
But with all that, blah, 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 blah. I, I've decided to, outside of movies I'm super familiar with or movies that are very dialogue-centric, like rom-coms or, or stuff I'm really familiar with, like the before movies, I'm just going to watch TV shows with the oatmeal and all that jazz. And I'm going to leave movies to when I'm able to just sit back and enjoy them on their own, know their distractions, give them my full attention. And who knows when I'm going to start being able to do that, which is funny because I've been talking about wanting to rewatch Avatar and then Avatar 2. And I've made this decision the day I made it the day before Avatar 2 was made available on Disney Plus. So who knows when I'm going to watch that now. That is where I am with that. So with this podcast, what I plan to do or the plan going forward is to, at the top of the show, give any kind of site updates, streaming updates, stuff like that. And then just get right into what I've been playing. Maybe if I pay attention and notice any news regarding video games and all that jazz, I can talk about that as well. But mostly site updates, etc. Me updates, then game, then the end. With that, the streaming updates, site updates, all that jazz. I think I might try and really go crazy with it. Do pixelated playtimes earlier in the day so that every single day's evening stream will be streaming the backlog related. Because this past week or whatever, the the, the past few days when I've doing been doing pixelated playtime and not Diablo 4, I've really missed Diablo 4 and I've been wanting to play it and I've committed to not playing it unless I was streaming it. So, don't want that. This could be just me wanting to play Diablo 4 and that's why I'm making this potential decision. But I also would like to do something of that nature, but it's, it's still all very up in the air. And regarding the the movies and TV talk and stuff like that, I think it's better suited for the the streams when I'm chatting with the viewers or the Patreon exclusive for the the all you can oatmeal tier that Q and A where people can ask me about what I've been watching or talk about it there in that nice little chatty casual Q and A thing I'm a jigger so that is that any other side updates not really I'm going through the process which is going to be a gradual and slow process of cleaning up the site removing some old posts but for the most part my main goal right now is to get rid of a lot of unused and garbage tags for posts whilst reformatting some of them and it's going to be an incredibly long process because 
The architecture of my site is built on an old version of Squarespace that is no longer supported and hasn't been updated for years, but I like that compared to the newer one that is more photography slash art centric and, and more visual in its general design layouts. But the way it works, and I don't know if this is different with the newer versions, with tags, the way I'm able to edit them and remove them is one by one by one by one. And when I remove one, it'll bring up a little pop-up prompt, which will ask me if I am sure I want to remove it, which I click yes, of course, because that's what I want to remove it. That's why I'm saying I want to remove it. Then I have to wait for it to refresh and tell me, yes, we've removed it. And then it'll take its time to load up all the tags because there are a lot of them. So it takes a little bit of time. And then I go through that process all over again. So it is a very slow and tedious process. And it's going to take a fucking long ass time. But that's that's the the immediate goal after that. I would like to clean up a lot of post titles, YouTube titles, YouTube tags as well. That'll be easier. I want to clean up posts and reformat some images and stuff like that so everything is of a consistent setup, layout, format. And that's that's pretty much it in terms of all that. So let's just get on to what I've been playing. Starting with, of course, Diablo 4. I don't know how much I'll talk about that game because I am streaming it. You can watch the streams. You can do all that. And on top of that, I don't... The thing about Diablo 4 is I adore the game. I am having a blast with it. It is my game of the year. For the record, or just so people have an idea of my experience with the Diablo series, the Diablo franchise, Diablo 3 was my first Diablo game, and up until now, it was still my only Diablo game. So... I've only played Diablo 3 and 4. I have not yet played Diablo 2 Resurrection. And I never played Diablo 1 or 2 back in the day. So I'm somewhat limited in my Diablo experience. I've played many a dungeon crawler. I just... Well, I, I wasn't introduced to the genre through Diablo. I would say that my first of this type of game was Baldur's Gate Dark Alliance. And then I had the Champions of Norath games, the the Torchlight games, Van Helsing, other games, but Diablo, pretty good. Anywho, Diablo 4 is pretty freaking great. But as great as it is, the first thing I want to make a note of is the fact that And this is what keeps the game from ever being a potential 10 if the rest of the game was somehow objectively perfect, even though that is an impossibility. None of that would matter because whatever fucking, or not whatever, whoever the fucking genius is over at Blizzard who decided to hold off your ability to get mounts until the, I'm assuming, beginning of Act 4 is a fucking asshole piece of shit I don't like you. You're stupid. I don't mean all that. That's a little bit too mean. 
but holding off the mounts, uh, the ability to access mounts until Act Four is insane. It is what led ha, has led me to play this game in a less organic way, brute forcing the campaign, trying to get through all the acts as fast as possible upon gaining that knowledge. Because why should I waste my time walking around everywhere to do these side quests or explore the areas, finding little cabins or caverns, holes that I can do little side quests in that I, that aren't even actual side quests. They're just sort of, hey, this is a little thing you found in the environment. Why should I do all that at a, a much slower pace when it, it would be a lot nicer and a lot more convenient if I could speed it up and, and traverse more of the world faster with a mount. Why are you holding it off? Of all the things to wait to give me, why are you waiting to give me a fucking mount? I don't get it. It doesn't make any sense. It, 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 it Maybe most people don't care. They don't mind walking everywhere. But, I, but when I know I could be tackling side quests a lot faster i could explore this world a lot faster if i just had a mount i can't help but be pissed off by the fact that i literally can't do it there's there's no way to do it until i hit act four and it it, it bums me out because i was having a really good time early on playing the way i am more I am more want to play which is at my own pace really exploring the environment uh, but I want to be able to move more freely and faster and when I see other people on mounts going about I get jealous I get envious and I want that shit for myself so that that decision bugs me and bugs me enough that no matter how good the rest of the game is, it can never be top, 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 top of the tears because it's making me cry tears from the fact that I can't have a fucking mount yet. I put like 20 plus hours into this game. Give me a fucking mount. But I'm about halfway through Act 3, so hopefully next stream, later today, I'll get there and get my damn mount already. But the rest of the game feels very Diablo-y. It is very, very, very beautiful. The opening cinematic is also incredibly impressive. I know it is a lot of work and takes a lot of time, but... If we somehow could give them more people, more resources, and could guarantee them financial success, I would love to see a feature-length movie in that visual style, oh, that fidelity, that quality. It, it's so fucking good. It may be a bit exhausting to watch an entire feature, with that type of dark content but I, I think you know you, you pick and choose and it, you know you, you, the whole movie doesn't have to be that fucking dark 
but that visually impressive? Yes, give me that. But the game itself also is very, very, very pretty. There's a lot of great fine detail throughout the entirety of it. From the environment to the character models themselves, when you see the in-game cutscenes, they still impress. And outside of a few bad textures here and there that are understandable because they're assets that outside of their one moment in this one cutscene in game you're never going to focus on them too much so they're just using the in-game asset and it's you know it doesn't look great like the the bell in the opening area which other people have mentioned they talked about it on rebel fm which i found amusing until arthur geese i think said it's unacceptable that they let this come through like there's they shouldn't have been okay with a, a, a texture of this poor quality and i'm thinking to myself shut the fuck up the fucking bell i don't care if it's they know that it is focused in this one cutscene. it's fine i i didn't see that bell and think oh my god this is this is embarrassing how could they let this go through they let this go through q a fucking pathetic i just thought oh that looks a lot worse than everything else in this game. Well, all right, what, whatever. It's a fucking bell. I don't care. Moving on. whoop de fucking do But the game looks very, very, very good. The lighting, the atmosphere, the, the variety of environments, the characters, the creatures. Across the board, it looks great. And I did not realize how much of a jump it was from Diablo 3 until I saw footage of Diablo 3 for the first time in maybe years at this point. I remember the game being more stylized and it's kind of a Diablo 3 is kind of a, a, an in-between between this more realistic look that is Diablo 4 and something like Torchlight which was way more wowy in its visual stylings. It still looked good and it still looks good but it's much lower in fidelity and detail and Diablo 4 just looks fantastic and it runs incredibly well I'm playing on the Xbox Series X haven't noticed any type of issues even when a lot of shit is happening on screen I'm playing a sorcerer focusing on fire and ice and the the thing about Diablo though in games like this is that I love them and I know a lot of people love them, but I don't have a good way of justifying or explaining why I love them. I am a sucker for leveling systems. So that that carrot on the end of the stick, constantly chasing the next level, is something I gravitate towards. That is not the case for a lot of people. That is the case for a lot of people. It, that is both not the case and the case for lots of people. But in terms of the actual gameplay, for the most part, through through most of it, just your, your general battles, your general fights with enemies, monsters, while going through the world and doing your regular missions, it's pretty mindless. I am on world tier because I'm just playing by myself. I don't want... I, Maybe I should bump it up and, and that'll make it more interesting because 
your your main your main combat scenarios very mindless very whatever don't really have to think just a lot of holding the a button and occasionally pressing one of the other buttons to do different abilities that use mana and it's only in the boss fights where combat becomes interesting and requires thought is is challenging uh, and it is enjoyable I, I really really like the boss fights which probably on average take me maybe close to 10 minutes to do on my own and they're fun they're they're very very fun and they have their their moments of oh my god am i gonna make it am i oh shit this i'm almost dead here uh, but the the general combat is, is very whatever just a lot of holding buttons down pressing buttons and not not thinking too hard not requiring fine motor skills or great skill on my part which is good in the sense that that means a game like this is something pretty much anyone can pick up and play but it's hard trying to find a way of explaining why games like this are good and I, I don't feel like in hearing other people talk about them they give good reasons it's just like <laughs> you're just fucking pressing buttons or clicking on things and then the story while I was open to paying attention early on especially after that opening cutscene I've already gotten to the point where I don't care I just don't care it's it's okay I guess and it's very well done the voice acting is great but it's just more fucking whatever. This devil lady Lilith, she's come back and her fucking former lover, they they have their rivalry or some shit. All right. Cool. I don't know. I've turned my brain off to all that. But I love the game. I'm having a blast with it. It is a very it's a very good game for turning your brain off and just going through the motions with which may or may not be your jam it is very much so my jam and I'm excited to play more can't wait to get my mount I feel very I just want to get my mount so I can do things faster and I've already accepted the fact that it's clear at this point I'm not going to end up playing with anyone I was excited about the prospect of playing with some other people. That's definitely not going to happen. Because I'm not, once I finish the campaign, I'm not going to replay it. I'm going to move on to, I, I don't have the time to replay this game over and over and over again. So, because I got it early and was playing it before a lot of people, I'm just too far ahead and that's, it is what it is. So, oh well to that. Another potential exciting night. You can't wait to play with some people is uh, another case of no i'm not gonna be playing with anyone anywho though let's get on to the rest of the stuff i've been playing starting with far world pioneers this game fucking sucks far world pioneers is god awful it is and i play the rest of these games also on xbox series x far world pioneers i believe is in game pass and it is a terraria like or 
if you look at a lot of the other reviews, a star world-like or some other, I think, more space-centric Terraria-like that is only on PC. And I did not play a lot of Terraria. But when I was playing this, thinking to myself, this this is fucking bad, right? This is this is just bad. Or 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 is it just that I don't like Terraria type games? I I don't know. Am, am I is it me or is it the game? And that is when after I streamed the game for an hour, baffled by what I was playing, wondering if it was me, I I, I had to find an answer to the question. Or, or the, I needed to know what statement was true. It's not you, it's me. Or it's not me, it's you. Or maybe it's a little bit me, but mostly you. Or it's a, a little bit you, but mostly me. Or it's it's both of us. I found out upon looking at the reviews on the Xbox store, first and foremost, where it had a 2.2 out of 5. The vast majority of people did not like the game, clearly from that score. You go to Steam, it's got mostly negative reviews. I believe 64% are negative. And I was relieved to find that I am not alone in thinking this game sucks. And it especially sucks on console where you're limited to gamepad controls. The The game was not adapted well to the gamepad. It is clunky and doesn't feel that great. It's okay to move your character around, but navigating the UI, interacting with objects and characters in the environment. And this is a, a, a 2D side-scrolling, if you don't know what Terraria is, it's, it's basically like a Minecraft, but 2D and more, I'd say more communal in nature, where you will find NPCs and there will be dialogue and and it's not just you against a, a world that is out to get you at night this also has npcs that you can recruit and build a, a base of your own and a group of your own build of defenses stop how resources food etc and discover more about this world you're on you crash landed in your little space shuttle and are just tasked with surviving and, and learning. But on a gamepad, while mu- movement feels pretty good, doing anything else feels fucking awful. On top of that, the game is buggy. The most egregious bug is, and before all that, Tutorial fucking sucks. Horrible tutorial doesn't teach you much of anything. And with a, with a, uh, with all that, when you're going through everything and it's telling you to do this or that, you have to kind of figure it out on your own. But one of the first things they teach you how to do or tell you to do is to create a... I think it's the workstation where this happens. You go into the build menu. You can't... You can't scroll over to the workstation. You can't navigate to there unless, and you have to figure this out on your own, you first scroll down to one of the other tabs of of other items you can build 
scroll over to them and then scroll back to the, the bar that has the different sections, go back up to the section that has the workstation, then you're able to scroll over there and select the workstation to build it. All right, that seems like maybe that should be fixed because that is something everyone is going to experience and everyone is going to experience early on because it is part of the tutorial. You can't complete the tutorial unless you build the workstation and you can't build a workstation unless you go through this tedious process that a lot of other reviewers have talked about. This is what you have to do in order to quote unquote fix it, which isn't fixing it. Uh, the, the people who gave it a positive review and some of them, their entire review would just be to all those complaining about this. All you got to do is this to fix it. You're not fixing it. You're finding a workaround to a bug. You're not. You, you didn't find a way of getting rid of the bug because you still have to do it every single time. Outside of the you will always have to do that when you want to navigate through those. That section, those those objects, those resources and everything. You didn't fix it. You found a workaround because you had to find a workaround. So don't defend that shit. And some of the more positive reviews were also, I see a lot of potential in this or I like it conceptually. You're not, you're not fucking rating its potential. You're rating the game itself as it is currently in its current state and it's fucking bad. And it's a shame because visually I like the way it looks. It can also be very, very challenging right from the start with bandits constantly raiding your area and just destroying you and the way it works is that the f one fucking raiders can attack you way faster than you they're just fucking they're coming at you with these machetes and destroying you and then you spawn you respawn uh, the, the the way the respawn system works is you respawn at one of your bedrolls that you put down without all your items and then the the bandits just come and fucking destroy you again before you can do anything because you don't have a weapon to defend yourself and it's just this weird cycle where okay you're just getting killed and then they kill all the, your your group and it's just right i would i would recommend playing the game on peaceful mode at least early on that that would be my recommendation there but the funny thing is my stream which went about two hours at least 30 minutes was just looking at reviews on both the Xbox store and the Steam store. And it was the highlighter review, the number one review on the Steam page that was the most telling. It was from a former developer who, based on the review, I would imagine stopped working for that team at least two years prior to its release, uh, its 1.0 release. As I said... In the review. Their opening sentence makes no fucking sense. It, it, it basically just said, I I worked on this game, so I have to recommend it. Which, no you don't. You don't have to recommend something just because you worked on it. We all have made bad things or have been a part of making bad things. And that's just the way it goes. It's not that we intended to make bad things, but sometimes... Stuff just doesn't go according to plan. Or this happens or that happens. Whatever. We don't have to recommend anything just because we made it. I bake a lot. I've had instances where a, a baking job goes bad. I'm not going to take a bad 
batch of cookies that are fucking garbage and suck and give them to someone because I have to, like, I made them, so of course I still recommend them. They might taste like shit, and they may be poison because they're undercooked or this or that, but whatever, who cares? I made them, gotta recommend them. No, that's not how it works. But after that poor opening statement, they, in the rest of the review, which is very short, give us the best information we could get from anyone regarding what to expect from this game moving forward, which is, and this is not verbatim, but they basically say, when I left the studio two years ago or two plus years ago, there was this AI bug in the game. Now, some two years later, at its 1.0 release, that bug is still there. Take that for what you will. And that is such a great, very specific slice of information because it tells you so much with one little sentiment, which is either the studio is so small and lacks the resources to squash a lot of bugs, so much so that a bug as old as that one is still in the game, or they lack the skill to figure out how to fix problems like that bug and probably more bugs, like the, the tutorial, the, the workstation bug. Or three, they just don't care. I don't want to believe in that one. But it, it, it basically tells you that if you're expecting them to iron out the kinks in any type of relatively prompt manner, don't. Because that's clearly not going to happen. And may potentially never happen. So I would not have any confidence in this game getting updated on a regular basis in ways that fix problems. They might add content or this or that. But if you play the game and notice this or that issue with it, I would not hold my breath when it comes to them fixing those things. But again, I believe it's on Game Pass. Try it out for yourself. So I would recommend if you were interested to get on Steam and then just refund it within two hours if you don't like what you play. That was disappointing. What on earth was that? Why did this... Why did Windows Explorer just pop up in front of my face? It's still recording. Yes, okay. You're freaking me out. You're freaking me out, OBS and all your jazz. But in addition to Firewall Pioneers, I also played Drift CE, which is an okay drifting race, or an okay drifting game. However, it is very clearly a drifting game for drifting enthusiasts, for people who are already fans and aware of all the intricities of drifting, how drifting works, all of that. Because in the almost two hours I put into that game, it did not do a good job at all of teaching me how to drift, what I should do, 
or, or, or have any type of accessibility options within it to make drifting and learning how to drift a thing. It, it just throws you into the deep end, and that's that. Which is unfortunate because I would love to learn how to drift and become a better drifter, but this is not the game for that. This is for people who are already who already know they love drifting and want a drifting game. But even to that point, I, I can't speak in any authoritative way as to whether or not this is a really good drifting game or not. What I think is cool, though, is that, and I have limited experience with racing games, of course, it does blend a bit of your regular racing type of game setup with something like a car mechanic simulator 2023 game where you are able to build your cars out very uh, part wise so you can you put in you you find an engine you put it in to your thing you, you have your empty shell you have your 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 base um, your frame your car frame and then you're able to pick an engine from the store put it in then find the exhaust pipes you want find the the wires you want all like i i clearly am not a car person so i can't tell or, or say what these parts are exactly name wise and all that jazz because i don't know what the fuck i'm talking about but you're able to put together your car piecemeal and that's a very cool thing to have in there but they they, they one spend a lot more time with the tutorial teaching you about all of that than the actual racing and drifting in the game, which is a little weird. You, it would be nice if they were a bit more balanced in the tutorial and didn't seem to focus so heavily on the car building aspect and did a, a nice balance of the car building and the car racing slash drifting. But then with the drifting, it is very challenge-centric. There are a few things where it's about getting a high score but even in those in the, in the single player that is I don't believe there was any single player content that had me doing races where I was competing against AI and AI's times their their scores it was always just against me or metal ranges so I would need to get this many points to get bronze silver gold or I'd be doing challenges that wanted me to hit certain drift points, uh, or, 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 or I forget what the terminology was. But that was the the extent of the single player. And then multiplayer, it just seemed, at least in every single server, every single game, whatever I join, people are just just drifting around these small tracks hanging out, not competing with one another, just just going along drifting, and that's it. And that was kind of fun. It was more so fun for me to park my car and watch these really good drifters who would just be doing one long drift along the track, which is what got me interested in both watching actual drift races, and I, and I checked some out, and they're super impressive, especially these ones that have these dual drifters, where two cars drift at the same time and do this type of synchronized drifting, which 
is impressive and cool and I am way into it. But also watching the Very Good Drifters made me want to learn how to drift because it fucking looks cool. It's it's also something that when I think about racing games as someone who's more of a casual racing person, drifting games and rally games seem to be what I would gravitate towards if I were to make any attempt at learning a, a racing game because drifting and rally, especially drifting, it's very mechanically driven. So instead of it being about, and it is to this point still, but instead of it mainly being about finding the right line and being a lot about that or, or, or racing against your other opponents and drafting and stuff like that, it is strictly about you and your ability your ability to find that right line, but also know when to handbrake, when to let off, when to push the gas, when to let off, and finding that balancing act between those particular aspects of driving to hit those lines and continue that drift through turns, through longer stretches, and just build these long drawn-on I think that could be a fun thing to eventually learn. But I, I'm not sure if Driftsy is a game for that. It, I, w- I would also like, in the way that a lot of racing games have the, the racing lines, which tell you when to hold, or they don't usually tell you, maybe at the end of turns, they'll tell you to hit the gas again. But usually they'll have the yellow and the red to tell you, let off the gas, now hit the brake, and turn along this line it'd be nice if this game had something of that to try and help you learn how to drift if you are new to drifting but again like i said this is for people who are already into drifting that is drift ce then the last game i played was nocturnal which is a side-scrolling action platformer that is visually very very stimulating this is one of the most visually beautiful and eye-catching, attention-grabbing games I've played in years. And it's because a big part of the game is this fire and smoke darkness system where there are a lot of sections in the game where you will have to traverse through these dark, smoky areas And the way you do it is by lighting your sword on fire and then running through them. And the way you move through them, it's a very kind of watery uh, look to it as you are cutting through the, the smoke with your sword. And it's very, very visually stimulating. It's, it's super, super pretty. And the, the visuals themselves, it has a, a more stylized, cartoony aesthetic to some nature. And, and some decent animation. It, it's a bit more choppy. It's not super fluid animation. Like, uh, uh, what do they call it? I can't, like the original Prince of Persia and I can't think of those other games now. After, eh, 
what are all those old games? Another Another World, those games. So it's not quite to that degree, animation-wise. It's a little bit more choppy, but it's, I think it's a style uh, a stylistic choice, and it's, it looks good, and it feels good. But where the game falters is in the combat. This is a very combat-driven game. However, the combat is incredibly limited thanks to a lack of depth and a lot of uh, a lack of options at your disposal. Because the majority of combat is just hack and slashing or hacking, slashing and dodging. And that's it. You will eventually get access to daggers that you can throw at enemies, but those are mostly used for puzzles and Depending on where you go with the skill tree, which is a limited skill tree, you can unlock a more powerful attack. But really, you're just dodging behind enemies as they're attacking so that you can get a few swipes in and then dodging when they turn around to attack you and just doing this over and over and over again. And it becomes very repetitive and tedious very, very quickly. It's it's not bad, but it's not great either the the game though shines in the platforming and and more puzzly sections where you are tasked with traversing the the smoke in a certain amount of time because if you lose the fire uh, on your sword or a, a light source you're constantly lighting torches to brighten areas and to make them safe if you're in the darkness too long you will die but then there are also enemies who show up in the darkness and then you're having these that's where the fighting becomes a bit more interesting even in its limited nature mechanically because when you're fighting enemies in the darkness and have to balance re you know uh, 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 hitting your sword uh, on one of these light sources to reignite it and then fighting these enemies and so on and so forth you you heal yourself through the fire by focusing on it and using the flame of your sword to heal yourself, which will use up all the fire, and then you have to reignite it there as well. But when you're fighting the enemies in the darkness, who can only be damaged when you when your 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 sword is flame, that both makes the combat much more visually interesting, but also adds a nice layer of depth to it. But it's still mechanically is very very dull uh, and I, I i would like to see some more out of that there's also a story that i wasn't paying much attention to because the way it is it's very linear linear in nature structurally and and level wise but you will have occasional play, uh points where you can go in one of two directions and i don't think it's super clear when one direction is obviously the main storyline and other and this one is just a side thing where you'll find a hidden area and I missed one early on and it kind of fucking pissed me off that I went I, I, I skipped the side area and ended up inadvertently going along the main storyline without the ability to go back but I, I really I, I played it for two hours I really like the game it seems like it's probably only a four hour game so it seems like it's on the shorter side I just wish the combat was better I love all the platforming sections, I like the way the platformer works as well. So the way jumping between platforms works, for instance, is that it's very contextual. 
You don't have to when jumping from one platform to another. You don't have to hit the edge of it perfectly to grab onto it and climb up. You can hit it from any angle as long as you are at the right height. If you hit it at, in the middle, then they'll just pick themselves up uh, on that part of it, which is very, very nice. Makes it so that it, it's less prone to having to be super, super specific with where you are jumping and where you're landing. So it, it, it's a bit um, not accessible. It's, it's a bit forgiving in that in that sense, in that in that way, which is nice. And they and they the the level design and the the sections where they are asking you to do a lot of things in a, in a while stuff is moving and going. So there there are these sections where you will hit a lantern that is moving on a like dolly or whatever, and it, it's following along this path, and you have to go along with it while constantly lighting torches along the way to keep yourself protected and fighting against en enemies, hitting other lights, and, and doing stuff so that you don't die and, and all that. It, it just it works really, really well. And it, it's a very well-designed game. It's just the combat where clearly that was, at least based on the rest of the game, it, the combat seems like an afterthought compared to the rest of the game. Because the rest of the game is so well-designed and really plays into this fire and shadow nature that the combat can't help but stand out as the, the, the weak point of an otherwise very cool, small little game. But again, I really, really like it. Combat isn't bad, it's just it's it's the weak it's the weak point. But I, I really, I really like it. I highly recommend it, especially if you enjoy yourself a nice little platformer. That there's a lot of action in it. There are some boss fights, but you know, it's solid, solid combat, very cool visuals, whatever story, and some fun platforming sections. That is nocturnal, and that is going to do it for this year episode of. The Big Salated Sausage Show. So, uh, yeah. Once again, I am, of course, Mark Kuznets. Y'all can find me uh, pretty much everywhere at PX Sausage. The site, the YouTubes, the Patreon, all that jazz and more can be found over at PXSausage.com. That'll get you links to everything and everywhere you want to go. And speaking of going, that's where I'm going. Bye-bye. So, as always, thank you for watching or listening. I Hope you enjoyed this here episode, and I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful rest of your day. So for now, adios of Riverdale. Bye.